Welcome to our show, Get Real Local in the Tennessee River Valley. I'm your host, Joe Harper. Every show, we will be talking with local people about the best places and things to do in the Tennessee Valley. Pull up a chair and explore more with us as we get real local. Welcome back to this week's episode of Get Real Local in the Tennessee Valley. This is Julie Graham. I'm sitting in for our host, Joe Harper. Today, we will be talking with Daryl Gwynn, an Alabama boy and the River Operations Support Manager with the Tennessee Valley Authority. Welcome, Daryl. Hey, good afternoon. It's good to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. Daryl, tell us what the Forecast Center is and how the center plays a role in managing water for this complex watershed system, and we know it is a complex watershed system. It, it very much is the the river forecast center is a is is really just what it what it is it's a forecast center that we predict all the flows and what's happening on the entire Tennessee River system and that's that's 49 dams uh, 29 of those are hydroelectric facilities and so really that is 632 miles of the Tennessee River and all of its tributaries that form the river so it's really a place that we house all the data that comes in and that we use to predict how much water we need to release from each dam to meet all of our operating objectives Okay. So it's really a, a busy place, and it's staffed 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. So there's always someone watching and making sure we know what's going on with current conditions and current weather conditions that it, that impact the river system. Is it one place? Is it centrally located, or is it multi-located? It is located at the headquarters of TVA in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, just right down the, the river where the Tennessee River starts in Knoxville. And the, the tools for forecasting, are there certain tools that you use? Is it historic data? Do you listen in on your favorite uh, weather forecast every day and say, yeah, that guy looks to be more right than that guy? <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of tools. Um, really, I wished we had one that, that we don't, but it's a crystal ball to know what's going to happen. But to do all the weather forecasting, there are tons of tools that we use. Rain gauges, radar information, weather forecast from the National Weather Service. There's all this data that we pull in, headwater gauges, stream flow gauges, tailwater gauges. All these are measuring elevations and flows throughout the system to help us calculate how much water is coming into the system and how much water we need to move through the system to meet all of those operating objectives that, that we have to operate by. Does, is this like a big board that you can look at? Is it a colorful board? Does it show like a traffic app that, oh, my gosh, we've got a red spot here and a yellow spot here and a green spot here? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, um, we do have a really unique uh, widescreen TV. It's made up of about 16 widescreen TVs that are all put together. And on that, we have different things for our awareness. And it's a big map of the Tennessee Valley and all the river system and all that, all that information that I was talking about, those headwater gauges and elevation levels, all those are up there on that big board and they will highlight or flag if something is changing that we weren't 
weren't expecting or something like that. We have weather radars up. We have energy load demand so that we know if they're going to be calling from Chattanooga where they do the balancing of the grid, you know, if they're going to be calling and asking for for assistance for whatever reason. And we use all that information to help us be aware of current conditions, things that are changing, unexpected things that are happening. And then we have uh, several different assignment seats, and each one of those have five monitors on them. So everybody's constantly looking at a monitor uh, just to, to help keep an eye on anything and everything that's going on related to water flow, elevations, and current weather conditions. Wow. So you said that there's a decision-making process that you decide on for generation and releases. And generation, meaning power generation, I think you said there were 29 hydroelectric dams. And then we have just general releases of water. How do you make that decision and who gets to make that decision and when is that decision made? Is there a hierarchical process or is the crew in there making this decision sort of as a triage? <laughs> you know, sometimes it's a it's a hard decision to make because many of the demands that we're trying to meet are competing. We are governed by our operating policy. It's the River Operations Study that was approved by the Board of Directors in 2004, and it establishes how we manage the river system and the releases to meet the demands or the operating objectives. And we have six of those operating objectives. Three of them were established with the original TVA Act of 1933. That was navigation, flood control, and power generation. And so with those three, they have morphed into three additional, and that being water quality, water supply, and recreation. Those last three probably weren't very big in the minds of people back in 1933, but today they're very important. They impact the people that live throughout the valley. And so our goal on a daily basis is to maximize the benefits of the river system in meeting those objectives. And that's what kind of dictates how we decide and make decisions in how we manage the reservoir. So, for example, decisions might come during a rain event. Well, the operating objective of flood control is the primary decision-making point that we're operating the river system to. Whereas in the middle of summer, when the heat is very high and the, the energy demand is at its peak, our primary focus is to decide how to maximize the benefits to generate electricity to help keep people's power rates low and their utility bill low. I know we've all heard stories. The Tennessee Valley has a reputation of being a rainy place. A lot of people think of, when you mention a rainy place, they think of Seattle. But the Tennessee Valley actually really has a larger rainfall than Seattle. And so tell me a little bit about when the impact of rain really becomes a crisis point, when that rain and why that causes problems in the system. Well, yeah, we're very blessed with rainfall in the, in the Tennessee Valley. We actually do receive around 51 inches of rainfall on average throughout the valley. The last four years have been above normal. I mean, we've even hit a record of 70 inches of rainfall in a year. And so as times change, you know, we can have above normal rainfall. We can also have below normal rainfall. And so it's important for us to look out 
in the extended look and base some decisions on what the trend is going with the weather. It's important for us to stay in touch with our National Weather Service partners. If we have questions and concerns of drought or excess of rain, we can call them and we spend time partnering with them on a normal basis to maintain our relationship and communication with each other. The rainfall can vary in the wintertime. That's when we typically get most of the the rainfall that we get in a given year. And that's also a time when the plants and vegetation are dormant. And so what that does is that tends to allow more runoff to not be absorbed into the ground, not be used by the vegetation. And that runoff runs off into the ditches, the streams, the things that that channelize the water to the river system, and we call those inflows. And so during the wet period, the wintertime, that's typically when we see the highest amount of rainfall and the highest percentage of that rainfall being runoff into the river system. That's why we draw the upper tributaries down to provide storage for that runoff to eventually make its way into those reservoirs. The whole concept of flood control and the reason these dams were put in place was to protect a downstream interest, a downstream city or or place that, that to prevent flooding downstream. And so the way you prevent that is to hold that water back off of that location, and that's where the dam is. So that reservoir becomes a storage vessel to protect the city downstream of the dam. And that's the whole principle behind lowering the reservoir in the wintertime to provide that flood storage. And then during the summertime, that risk is not as much because you have the vegetation, you have the heat and evaporation. And so you don't have that much. It's a very low percentage of of runoff that you receive with summertime rainfall. And we can actually allow those reservoirs to rise to a summer elevation and store that water up so that people can get out and recreate and use it for fishing and boating and just general recreational use. The other advantage of that is if we get into a dry period, we can supplement the river flows using those tributaries and using just the minimal Uh, amount to maintain our obligations and maximize the benefits of the river system to keep everything going and healthy, good water quality, good water supply to make sure folks and utilities don't run out of water. We can supplement drier periods with using that, that rainfall from those upper tributaries. So um, we've talked a little bit about the dreaded drawdown, and I spent a lot of time on Norris Lake, and and you're the Alabama boy, so you understand the flooding side of it, and you understand the drought side of it. And for our listeners, if we look back at the time that TVA was charged with For the People and Flood Control and Navigation of the River, at that time, the east side, Chattanooga, would have some very extreme flooding conditions as the water raced out of the mountains in the winter and during high rain seasons, and downriver in front of where Daryl's from in Alabama, there's some jokes about why Muscle Shoals is called Muscle Shoals. The river wasn't always very navigable, and the water didn't move. So the TVA was charged with the responsibility of that navigation and that flood control, and I would say on a daily basis, that's a lot of work because you are managing not only all the dams, but the commercial traffic 
on that 652 miles of the river, which brings us to the end point of the river. And most folks, again, don't really realize that this is the largest tributary of the Ohio River. So when the Ohio, when the Tennessee River heads north and takes that turn up towards Paducah, Kentucky, where it feeds into the Ohio and into the Mississippi, you have another opportunity or another challenge to work with those communities. So could you tell us a little bit about how that works? So, yeah, the the Tennessee River, as we talked about, starts in Knoxville, Tennessee, goes down through Chattanooga and across North Alabama. And the thing that happens to the river once it gets into North Alabama and, and then makes its way up through West Tennessee is it, the, the floodplain and the elevations, the geography changes. It, it kind of flattens out. And so Kentucky Reservoir is our largest reservoir on the main river. It stems all the way from basically the southern state line of Tennessee around Pickwick all the way up to Paducah, Kentucky, where Kentucky Dam is. Shortly after it passes through Kentucky Dam, it empties out into the Ohio River. And the unique thing about the Ohio River is you think about Ohio, it it actually starts up in Pennsylvania and flows down through the area where the Tennessee River flows. And then right downstream of that, it converges in Cairo, Illinois. And Cairo, Illinois is the center of the river universe in the United States. It's where, if you think about all these these three big rivers, the Tennessee River, the Ohio River, as well as the Mississippi River, all come together. And so Cairo, Illinois is managed by the Corps of Engineers out of Cincinnati, and their main goal is to reduce flooding at that location. And that's a prime location for flooding because these three big rivers all come together and flow past it. On a daily basis, we coordinate with the Corps of Engineers. We actually have to because the Cumberland River system, which is just to the north of us, is managed by the Corps of Engineers, and it ends at Barkley Reservoir. Well, Barkley Reservoir and Kentucky Reservoir are connected by a canal, and so we have to manage those those reservoirs together so that their elevation stays very similar. And so on a daily basis, we coordinate with the, the Nashville District about what their flows through the Cumberland River system are going to be, and then we we actually put together a forecast for both reservoirs and their discharge into the Ohio River. At the point in time when there is significant rainfall and weather on the Ohio River, and when flood stage is reached at Cairo, Illinois, the Corps of Engineers out of Cincinnati assume authority over the releases from the Tennessee River. And in fact, it's almost as if the Tennessee River is a tributary to the Ohio River because that's how it is used when there's a flood condition in Cairo. They actually start requiring water to be held back in Kentucky Reservoir so that it doesn't add to the flooding problems. And it's just like we use all the tributaries in the Tennessee River system. Start using those tributaries to store water and protect downstream. And that's exactly what the Corps of Engineers uses the Tennessee River system as to prevent or reduce flooding impacts in Cairo and along the Mississippi River. Can can water ever be diverted around Pickwick 
down the Tom Bigby? The Tom Bigby. Mm-hmm. You know, really the flows and the way that system is set up, it's pretty negligible any kind of flows or, or releases that would go down the Tom Bigby to have an impact on the Tennessee River system. Can you tell our listeners where the Tom Bigby, 10 Tom? It's located? Yeah, so the the Tom Bigby is a waterway just on the Pickwick Reservoir side of Pickwick Dam, and it goes down through Mississippi and western Alabama all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico. And so it's a path to the Gulf of Mexico uh, that navigation can can be maintained for commercial or... Yes, uh, we have a lot of uh, people that like to travel. They're called loopers that do the Great Loop, and that is a shorter loop than taking the Mississippi. You still get points for going down the Tom Bigby. Absolutely. Um, So, yeah. Anything else you'd like to tell us about the group that you have um, or the folks that work there? Did did they all start out building little things in sand and say, I'm going to help divert water flow or make water flow work? I think we have a really diverse group of folks that work in the forecast center, and I think all of us take pride in what we do because we know that what we do on a daily basis, we have the capability of making decisions and impacting so many things throughout the throughout the valley, whether it's recreational opportunities, whether it's maintaining public utilities for, for people to have drinking water or whether it's, uh, you know, flood control and saving people's properties and, and saving lives. And so, you know, there's a lot of decisions that we make on a daily basis that impact everybody's life that lives in the Valley. And so I think, you know, that's one thing that we have a really diverse group that really takes a lot of pride in, in what they do. Daryl, it's been great to visit with you today. I don't think most people think when they get on that lake that there's a whole lot of little things going on that they're not aware of. And we certainly appreciate learning about the whys and hows this vast river system is managed. I want to thank all of our listeners today for joining us. If you want to know more about this story or more about the Valley Watershed, visit the website at exploretrv.com and join us next time when we bring you more local stories from the Valley. Thank you, Daryl. Thank you. A big thank you to our sponsor, Tennessee Valley Authority. Thanks for stopping in to listen today. If you have a great story and want to learn more, follow us on ExploreTRV.com. That's ExploreTRV.com.